Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hey there, and welcome to episode 65 of the Cannabis 101 podcast, where it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. And we are really uh, going to live by that statement today. We're going to talk a lot about medicinal cannabis with a uh, patient uh, who has uh, some severe, severe uh, situations uh, that he is dealing with, uh, thanks, unfortunately, uh, to uh, concussions uh, from the game of hockey. So all of that on the way, we're really going to talk about some medicinal cannabis. But before we do, we got to find out what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? This is great. This is the bee's knees. So when I say what's your groove, uh, if you're listening to this while you're uh, consuming any kind of cannabis, what are you grooving with? Maybe uh, you've got a joint. Maybe you just got some nice CBD. Maybe you've got a bong. I don't know. Pipe and a crepe, bong and a blintz. I'm going with uh, Dark Helmet Flower Rosin from Fume. Uh, I'm going it with uh, the Utilian 5 that I have. Uh, picked them actually both up at uh, Plant Life here in St. Albert. And, and this, is, <clears throat> this is what I really love now. Um, I go into... Uh, plant life on Mondays. I find, you know, I find my store, find out uh, what their order day is, go in and get the uh, coolest stuff um, if I can. And uh, I love that uh, my bud tender gauge at Plant Life Jensen Lakes. We just end up talking fantasy football for a while. So obviously, we want to uh, be in and out as quick as possible right now. But we do end up chatting about some fantasy football, so it's great. So I picked them up both. Uh, in the last little while at uh, Plant Life here in uh, St. Albert. And uh, we've got two of those uh, stores here in St. Albert. We've got an Uncle Sam's uh, now in uh, St. Albert. Uh, we're, we're growing uh, two fire and flower stores. Uh, we just don't have a Nova yet. Uh, we need to get a, a Nova cannabis out here. But there's so many really cool stores here in uh, St. Albert. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm going to get my groove on with the Utilian uh, 5 here. Uh, and I, I'm... Not the biggest hitter, so I go on one of the lower settings, and I'm going to hit it. This uh, dark helmet has a... Man, it gives me a nice peppery taste with the caryophylline. There's uh, citrus and sweet as well, so big, big fan of that. And with uh, with these concentrates, you certainly don't need a lot. Also, I grabbed some uh, lemon dory. Uh, from Scotia the other day, that was awesome. Um, and the 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 buds were just absolutely massive, 
my favorite thing about uh, going to Spirit Leaf, Argyle, and Edmonton, uh, I call it just making a trip to the city. Um, I go in, uh, you know, every couple of weeks and you know visit uh, some different uh, people, get some groceries, whatever you need to do in the city. <laughs> Although we have everything here in St. Albert, I just like to call it that. But anyway, I love going in with no expectations. You know, a, a lot of other places I go in, um, and, and, and I have something specific when I go to, to, uh, see, uh, Nicole and, uh, the rest of the staff at Spirit Leaf Argo, I just go in with zero expectations. And this week they were like, Hey, try this Scotia. It's lemon Dory from Scotia. And I was like, yeah, I definitely will. And I was not disappointed. So you'll have to get somebody from uh, Scotia on the show at uh, some point. Here's what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. Rob Frid is a former hockey player who's now working with Grow Gear and Athletes for Care and trying to get affordable medicinal cannabis uh, in the hands of uh, former athletes and others. So it's a really interesting conversation. Uh, you know, Rob uh, has some tough things going on that he uses cannabis for specifically. So uh, we need to have these conversations. We need to open the eyes of people and make sure that, uh, yeah, cannabis is medicine and it needs to be affordable. David Wiley from the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News. Farm to Gate in BC and we'll go on a world tour from the US to London to Hong Kong and in Canada and in Manitoba in Canada as well. And Chris Ionson from Nova Jasperav, the Jasperav location. Beautiful spot. He joins us as our educator on What's That Strain. LA Kush Cake from Natural History Cannabis uh, under Atlas Growers. This stuff is absolutely dynamite, and they're a local company as well, so love that. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. on the business of cannabis. We'll discuss CD, CBD in Canada versus the U.S. and Europe and jump into the made-by pens, the vape pens. Uh, that's a collaboration of Burnt, uh, some local artists, and Valens. It's beautiful stuff. Our cannabis question is about your medicine this week, and don't forget we'll tell you about the Weed Weekly and our giveaway every week. But let's get into the show now with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blintz. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go! Our uh, cannabis question this week, uh, what do you use? If you are a, uh, a person who uses cannabis as medicine, if you're a medicinal cannabis user, what do you use it to treat? Is If you're comfortable speaking about this, uh, and, and you know, this is a very personal thing, uh, so you have to be comfortable uh, talking about it, and if you're not, definitely do not. Uh, I am comfortable talking about what I use my cannabis for. Not everybody can be, and you, you have to be. And not everybody is comfortable talking about their cannabis use, and that's um, uh, okay as well. Um, the, the thing that I use the can, the cannabis plant for is, is my depression, my anxiety and my PTSD. Uh, you know, it started out recreational, like a lot of people. And, uh, I'm, I'm able to, uh, through a lot of research and, and, um, as a lot of education, uh, and some guidance, uh, able to, uh, try and fine tune things and find 
specific cannabis that works for me and, and, and cannabis uh, specifically that I know I need to stay away from. So that's what I use it for. So uh, if you use it medicinally and you feel comfortable, give me a shout. Let me know what you use it for, and we can uh, give you a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. And, you know, you never know. Maybe you will uh, tell somebody else uh, that is uh, struggling with something that you use it for that specific thing, and, and maybe that will work for them. So maybe you'll be helping somebody else open up their eyes to a, a use for cannabis for themselves uh, you know, I've I've heard some people say they've used it for diabetes. I would love to know that. I I, I do have diabetes, so it's something. If if cannabis can certainly help with uh, diabetes in some way, I would love to know what. Uh, but anyway, I'm a depression, anxiety, and PTSD guy when it comes to what I use cannabis for. Hit me up uh, on email if you'd like to be anonymous, and we will definitely keep things uh, private. Cannabis one hundred one podcast at gmail dot com, and you might win a cannabis one hundred one podcast prize pack as for what goes well with cannabis what pairs well with cannabis anything that goes with cannabis is your answer and for me it's the boys i don't know if you watch this show it's on amazon it's about like these superheroes that are really not good people and the kind of the struggle uh, in society with them and uh, it's hilarious uh I get a good chuckle. I'll, I'll roll up something that uh, makes me laugh, and I'll giggle at it. Uh, the, you know, the uh, the LA uh, Kush cake uh, that we're doing this week would probably be a, a good one for that. So for me, what pairs well with cannabis is uh, The Boys, and you can find that on Amazon Prime. All right, before we get to Rob Fred, I want to tell you about the Weed Weekly. You can get the latest on what's happening with the Cannabis 101 podcast by subscribing to the Weed Weekly at Cannabis101podcast.ca. If you sign up, you're in the mix for our prize pack every Friday, but only for subscribers. Plus, it's an easy way to keep up to date with hopefully one of your favorite podcasts specifically about cannabis. All right, here is the weed song from the artist My Dead Dog, and then we'll chat with Rob Fred from Grow Gear. Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Joined now by Rob Fritt, who is a, uh, a former pro hockey player, now involved with Grow Gear, which we're going to tell you about. It's amazing, and Athletes for Care as well. Rob, thanks very much for joining me on the uh, Cannabis 101 podcast. Uh, first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about your, your hockey career and the role that you played in the game? Yes, yeah, thank you, Dean, and uh, thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Love your show and uh, continue to support you. You're talking to a lot of, you know, people that are advocating and just educating, and it's amazing to see what you're doing. So, yeah, you know, I, I look back to my hockey career, and I was an athlete growing up, and that's just I played all kinds of sports and soccer and football, and, and I really enjoyed baseball, but I had to make a decision when I was drafted 
by the London Knights and lost my mother young to cancer at 15 and the Knights drafted me and it was you know more of stability for me to go and live with a new family when you know my life was broken right and so once you know I was drafted to London I was a big kid you know almost the same size I am now at 45 I was 6'2", 210, 215. And, um, you know, they saw that in me, uh, the London Knights, and they compared me to Louis DeBrusque, our, our, uh, long, like one of the toughest guys in the Ontario Hockey League, if not the Canadian Hockey League at that time. Um, and he just graduated, and Edmonton brought him right up. So I was put into a role, and I accepted it, embraced it. I loved the city of London. I loved the fans. I loved the game. So that's how it started with me. But it came with a lot of trauma. And it came uh, with a lot, lot of after effects that I was unaware of, you know, as a kid. And, and many of us, and you've talked to former players too, Dean. Um, so you do understand. You do understand. So that's how basically my career started and ended up uh, getting a free agent tryout with the St. Louis Blues my third year. And, uh, you know, sent to the minors, but decided to get use my education package and went to school out east in New Brunswick. Um, but every year I was suffering, and we can talk a bit about that um, uh, as we go on today, Dean. Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of where I want to go. And, and, you know, listen, thankfully, there is starting to be more and more awareness about, you know, the toll, not just the physical toll that is going on with hockey players, but, you know, the emotional toll that it takes and uh, some of the solutions that are so-called solutions that are out there. But c- let's discuss a little bit the the after effects of your hockey career. Um, you know, you're close to my age and diagnosed with Parkinson's and, and dystonia. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that? It seems awfully young. Yeah, no, it's, um, I retired uh, with the Rockford Ice Hogs in 2004, 2005. And, you know, I knew at that point in time, and even a couple years earlier, I, I had a lot of issues with chronic pain and my muscles and obviously concussions. And, you know, it's, we've got this really mixed up message, uh, Dean, right now, because mental health is coming to light, right? It's, it's right across Canada. We've got you know, some great awareness groups and there's so much work now being done and it needs to be done. But when we look at high impact sport athletes and that's, you know, a hockey player, professional hockey player like myself, and, you know, we can cross over to football and boxing and other sports. It's, it becomes such a unique conversation because now, you know, we, we, we lived through a lot of head trauma, but we also lived through a lot of physical injuries, right? So, when a former player uh, doesn't have the ability to control, you know, pain, and, and, and I'm talking pain at high threshold levels, like stuff that's just not norm, right? Um, like gladiator stuff. And, you know, but you're getting in, you know, with hockey, uh, high speeds, and you're having impacts at, at a very high speed, right? And we don't have airbags, and equipment's made out of Kevlar. So there's a lot of aspects to it, but that's where you know, former players in all high-impact sports run into some issues with the mismanagement of healthcare and things too because of that combination of the traumatic brain injuries, the long-term effects of concussions, and the chronic pain, which goes unlooked a lot because, you know, former players aren't getting proper testing. They're not getting the right answers, right? And they're led at times. And I lived that life, Dean, where I had to self-medicate because I didn't have proper medical support. And that's where, 
you know, we look back to your interview there last week with Brady Liebold, and you saw a young man there, and he's still young, right, go through a heroin addiction. And I believe that what I've been through, and now I've been working at the hospital level, Dean, for over 10 years now, and I'm in a better position, but I'm in a controlled, you know, uh, um, controlled area now where I don't have to self-medicate. I have understanding. I know my conditions. And then a guy like Brady that retires, you know, is in a shitload of pain or sorry, a lot of pain. And he goes searching for relief, right? I, I don't blame a guy like that. I don't blame athletes. And that's what, where cannabis comes into play too now naturally with education and, and healing and a lot more, Dean. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very difficult discussion, but we're engaging now. We're engaging, and it's good. It's good to see leagues getting involved and now forward players opening up, and <clears throat> you get it. Yeah, no kidding. Brady uh, joined me on uh, Sports and More as well, so people can check out interview. Just head to podcastalley.ca and uh, click on uh, Sports and More. It was a really... Uh, a raw and, and important conversation. So let's continue the conversation with you about how cannabis has helped you deal with uh, the effects of Parkinson's and dystonia. How does the plant help you specifically? Yes, no, for sure. Um, uh, uh, I, I started going to neurology at uh, the university hospital there at Western University and, um, you know, working in conjunction with the chronic pain department. And I was prescribed my medical cannabis prescription in conjunction with opiates uh, because I was diagnosed with dystonia and dystonia I have been told by you know uh, my neurologist that it is the uh, most painful uh, neuromuscular disease on the market so I was handed that so of course you know to be able to have that support and then be prescribed cannabis but I needed more Um, just the way my condition is uh, and conditions I got multiple physical stuff going on in my body which can play into mental health if the pain's not controlled so cannabis is a huge part of controlling my muscles of relaxing my body then in in turn uh dean obviously keeping my anxiety down and keeping my depression at bay right so and uh also cannabis helps me too um you know with the tolerance of using opiates and i've been able to cut my prescription in half over the past six months um, just using more uh, uh, cannabis too. So there is a big um, harm reduction and pain control along with controlling certain diseases and disorders that yet really aren't spoken about um, in mainstream healthcare right now. Yeah, and it's so amazing that you're able to do that. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time that it's great that I can go to my local cannabis shop, buy a joint, come home, smoke it in my home, and my neighbor's not calling the cops. That's awesome with legalization. But the best <laughs> yeah. part about legalization is the amount of research that you were just talking about that is going to be done, uh, and, and uh, we're going to have our eyes, well, our eyes are already open, but a lot of people are going to have their eyes open to the benefits of the plant. And, and that's something that you're trying to do, uh, you know, becoming an advocate for affordable and accessible medical cannabis. It's great that we have uh, recreational uh, legalization. I love it. But we've had medical cannabis for a while. Now we have to have affordable medical cannabis. That's right. And um, that has been a problem at the patient uh, level, especially here in Ontario with ODSP and, uh, you know, CPP disability. There is no coverage, Dean. 
So at the end of the day, you know, when they're when patients can't afford that hundred and thirty, hundred and forty dollar of you know uh, high THC oil that's going to help their condition and help them get off some harmful ph- pharmaceuticals, you know, uh, long term or like I said, you know, coming down in milligrams and not taking as much. Um, but when when the patient can't access, afford it, and sustain it then to me, that whole system is broken. And that, that's what I've done the past six years. Um, I spoke uh, for Aurora at several events. Um, I, I spoke at the University of Toronto on a cannabis and med- medicine uh, panel uh, twice and, uh, and, and medical cannabis week. But back then, I was just advocating and educating on what this plant can do for so many patients. But then understanding that, uh, a high, high percentage Dean can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's led me in, you know, to developing grow gear and, and uh, learning myself how to grow legally too uh, with my medical prescription. And I, I can, I can grow a lot of plants more than I need to, um, uh, you know, with certain stages of licensing. But then I start researching on uh, juicing raw cannabis and licensed producers don't offer that to us as patients. And then, Seeing some of the studies out there that inflammation levels are completely dropping in patients that are dealing with chronic illness, uh, and but yet there is no access at the government level to that. So yes, we need, do need to grow. We uh, th- this is our life scene, and we deserve some dignity as patients. And if we have that ability to grow legally, we need to get that education out there, and we need to get patients that can't afford. To, to sustain it and use it uh, to be able to grow and thrive, right? And and that can return some patients back to the open labor market. And that's what I'm trying trying to do after I was pensioned off young from London Transit saying I'd never work again because of my conditions. And But now I've got this and I see a pathway being where I believe that I can return. And that's going to be with Grow Gear. But at the end of the day, we're going to teach patients too to be able to get their designated growers license and, and grow for a couple other patients and earn income too, Dean. Uh, so uh, that's what that's all about. And to me, right, if we can give that uh, ability to patients to thrive medically, but also give them the ability to earn a few bucks, to eat properly, to incorporate a lot of other different natural health measures, then we're healing. We're healing people, right? And that's what this is all about. That's why you have your show and who you have on board. And it's great that you give me a platform to speak today. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate the message that you're getting out there. And, and that's uh, that we need uh, affordable medical cannabis. And I want to get into Grow Gear in a second. But you've also spoken yeah. um, to groups. Uh, and, you know, I want to know what the reaction has been from groups like the NHLPA or the National Hockey League I- itself, uh, who you've reached out to. What's that reaction been like about um, just cannabis in general and starting that conversation? Yeah, well, the NHL alumni, I'll, I'll just because I have been, you know, just doing education with them and working, uh, they've got a couple committees on, on their board there, um, an emotional transitional committee for former NHL players that are suffering from concussions and trying to get back and work outside of the game and retire, just making transition easier from the game, right? And what they see, and uh, look at Glenn Healy, um, the president of the NHL alumni, um, uh, and the NHL alumni has signed a research deal with Canopy Growth um, to look at CBD in particular um, and how it can help current and former 
uh, players, you know, uh, heal with inflammation and, you know, help with sleep and other things, right? But they're still missing that THC component, I believe, because we're always going to have pain. And now look at Rick Westhead came out with another documentary yesterday, mm-hmm. which I did share with you, Dean. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, another couple of players are coming out and they're having difficulty just functioning, right, and walking and, and almost feeling like they're 23 or 30 years older, Dean, right? So, uh, yeah, now is the time. Uh, THC needs to become a, a, a big, you know, part of everything. And we're just educating. So we've done a presentation to Glenn Healy with Grow Gear and very us, you know, because of eliminating the high cost for those that are struggling and potentially creating some work for those that can't work in the open labor market that are disabled from the game. That documentary is uh, definitely eye-opening. Ryan Kessler talking about his uh, struggles and a lot of players talking about how, you know, some of these pills are just uh, readily handed out in locker rooms. And, and and I've said this for a long time. I've talked to Rob Shep about this. i talked to Riley Cote. You know, it'd be nice if guys could get on a plane and have a muffin with uh, CBD or THC in it instead of grabbing that six-pack or that, uh, you know, uh, the two-six or whatever it might be, vodka. Or, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've never been on a plane, but I do know, I have been yep. told that uh, there is, you know, guys will grab a six-pack and go back and drink. And if you could replace that with uh, some sort of... CBD or even THC, I think it would be yeah, great. Yeah, start slow, Dean. It's right. not about, you know, us turning into, you know, a nun or, you know what I mean, or a, a priest where, you know, you're not going to call me Father Frid, you know. I am I might go out and have a beer with the boys, but to be able to sociably be able to use cannabis, and we're using it medically, right? And so guys have self-medicated with alcohol for years. Right. It's a lot of pain, Dean, yep. right? So, and it's imbe- embedded in our game, a lot of sponsorship. So there, there's a lot of other components to it, too, but it always has been embedded in sports. And, yeah, now we've got a plant here that can heal, right? Mm-hmm. And and look, at these kids are in good shape now, too, right? And they have personal trainers right in the OHL, right up, right? We didn't have a lot of that when we played. Um, but there was more fighting in that, too, and a lot of us were sick as kids, uh, guys that fought, right? So I don't know. Uh, you're, you're right. You're right on the button there, uh, it's it's worth the conversation. It has to. Yeah, so no cannabis doubt. and sports is here. It's All right, here let, right now. Let's yeah. talk about the CFL reaction because, um, you know, this is a league who does not test for marijuana. Uh, so it's not like they're saying go out and smoke as much as you want, but they're not testing and suspending players for it. There seems to be a little bit more of a give and take with the CFL. Yeah, nor is the NHL right now, too, just to let you know that, Dean. And um, But at the end of the day, the CFL alumni is light years ahead. Um, just from the work that I've done in the meetings I've had is they've, they've got Jed Tommy right on their alumni board who that's his position it is all about medical cannabis. Right. So um, we, we've seen the stories the Ricky Williams and some of these uh, players that have been in trouble using cannabis uh, in the NFL and have to come here and, and the CFL has embraced them. So yeah, we do know that uh, cannabis has been widely used um, after games too, the locker rooms, um, who knows, right? Uh, but a lot of it has come down to culture too. And a lot of African-Americans and African-Canadians play football more than, you know, uh, uh, in hockey too, which is predominantly white, but not, you know. Um, so I think it's just kind of the cultures kind of mixing and we need to learn from our brothers too. And, uh, you know, and uh, really embrace it too. And, I, I just, I, I look forward to it. I hope I stay alive long enough to actually, you know, maybe even see down at the ACC 
you know, a cannabis smoking area where, you know, fans can go consume in between periods instead of lining up for draft after draft after shot, right? Wouldn't that be amazing, Dean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, cannabis And, and really even. enjoy the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're Who right, knows, cannabis yeah. drink. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, listen, I, I know CFL players that, uh, you know, played long-term in the CFL and said they wouldn't be able to get through it without cannabis, and that was, you know, much before uh, legalization. So let's get to yeah. this next yeah. topic that I want to talk about, and that's grow gear, and that's something you're affiliated yeah. with. And um, yeah. I, I guess give us the kind of the Coles notes of, of grow gear and, and how you want it to help you know, former athletes, and, and I bet you you wish this program was around uh, when, when you were retiring. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, I had the hospital uh, early on in my treatment when they gave me my prescription. You know, maybe you should start growing, Rob, but I never had, you know, the education, and I, I was struggling a lot more with pain, Dean. It was day by day. I was just trying to survive, right? Um, but I, I know nothing about lighting and, uh, you know, how to grow and just the components you need to grow. Um, so, yeah, I was missing a lot of that education. And then here came Adam Cameron. Uh, I ended up uh, my days out in New Brunswick um, before I actually, you know, played pro hockey after junior. I went to school out there. Adam was at Dalhousie. Once he graduated, he got involved uh, out, out in Asia um, with LED lighting and not grow lighting, but, he ended up, you know, obviously getting into the growth, grow to lighting space and understanding, you know, how they work and everything else. And then, you know, we ended up crossing paths over the past six months and then, you know, sharing my story. And we both came uh, to light, you know, in, in a weird way and just let's develop a kit. Let's give that former athlete or patient that is struggling the ability to grow and build that, you know, that the, the grow gear platform, which just doesn't include the sale of the kit. And we're trying to keep the cost right down to a minimal where, you know, patients and athletes can afford them. Right. And to be able to look at grants and things to be able to help them. But at the end of the day, it's about building that grow gear community too. So once I start growing, I can get on social media. These are the strains that I'm using. These are the conditions I have. And this is what's working for me. And you're going to come in. It's like cooking, Dean. You know, your your meals are going to get better. You become a sous chef <laughs> for certain dishes. We all know that, you know, with our mothers and grandmothers and over time. And that's what I believe Grow Gear is going to do. It's going to really connect people and really help and really heal, right? So that's basically what we're doing. And obviously, uh, the cost factor is right at the top, right? And because without it, uh, yeah, we know that, you know, uh, 10, 15, $20 grams, uh, you know, for people with high level uh, chronic illness, it's just not going to cut it. They need more medicine. So, and they, they need other ways to consume it. And that's uh, Dr. Barbara Mainville. I do some work with out of Ottawa and Barb is doing a lot of research on uh, and, and, and providing patients uh, raw cannabis and juicing in its non-psychoactive uh, state. So uh, they could, we, as a patient, I can actually drive my vehicle um, and not be high. But having my inflammation and pain levels down, Dean, and be able to actually do the things that normal people do, that's huge, right? So that's what the plant offers us all, right? The ability to get back on our feet and function, right? And and uh, possibly getting back to work for some. A hundred percent. I mean, when, when, you, when you're able to grow at home, you're able to use the entire plant. When you go buy something... 
you know, you're not going to the retail store picking up an eighth and they give you some leftover plants that you can go home and juice. But when you grow, you can do that. So you're able to use so much uh, about the plant and, and there's so much uh, non-psychoactive uh, goodness about this plant that you're right. You can have CBD and, you know, drive your car. You're not going to get high, but you can get maybe relief from some anxiety, maybe relief from some physical pain. So that's so yeah, being lonely brilliant. too, Dean. And yeah. As a as a patient, and you're not going to work, and you're you're at home a lot, Dean. Right. So at the end of the day, that's tough, right? And then I'm already dealing with depression, right? So to me, it's almost growing. It's the next best thing to me playing again, right? And then to be able to share with former teammates and guys that I fought what I'm doing, and then we're engaging in in conversations. It's kind of bringing the team back, right? So that's what I believe. There's a big Zen part of growing too, right? It's not just the plant and consuming the product and feeling better. It's just everything that comes with it. And wow, I'm just, you know, I was able to harvest my first three spanner plant and I, 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 it was great. It was, the bugs were massive, everything. And, but it was my first time I was nervous. Right. And then as soon as I used it, it was like, I don't know, (laughs) maybe I am a good grower. I don't know, (laughs) but it it, it allowed, I slept for 10 hours. It's the first time in a long time that, and then I woke up refreshed, right? So that's what it's about, Dean. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. It, Amazing. It, the, the great thing is is that you, you would take so much pride in growing it because you know you're growing your own medicine. So let's talk about how, uh, where, yeah. and when, um, you know, people like, you know, who, who, who can get access to this? How do they do it? What's the plan moving forward with Grow Gear? Yes, uh, right now we're just, we're very active. We've got our team and we, we source, a hundred of our, our percent of our components uh, from China in Shanghai. So we have, we have a partner of Grow Gear that's working there. We have a warehouse. Um, so in, in order to bring that affordability to the patient and former athlete, we have to step outside of the country just because things are more expensive here in North America. And to me right now, th- th- this is a need, right? We need to keep the cost down and uh, th- we it's going to save lives, right? So, it, it, it's been a process, Dean, just because we want to make sure everything is working properly and we have A1 uh, components of our kits, and that's the inline fan, you know, to control the humidity levels. Um, and obviously, you know, our, our lights, which are changing every six months, and now we just got our hands on this newest uh, LED light, like 640 watts. It's a commercial-grade light, but just very easy to operate and going to last 10 plus years, right? So at the end of the day, that's where we're at right now. We're just finalizing every single component of the kit. So we're pushing uh, for end of December, open Christmas, early January for our official launch. But we do have test kits uh, throughout Ontario right now. A few in Ottawa, Toronto. We've got one going into Miami. Uh, So we're working uh, with the NHL alumni and the CFL alumni uh, with with uh, some players that are involved in the board and getting them started. And then we're going to obviously critique the components as needed. So we're just short uh, a couple months, but it takes time. And we want to make sure that it's done properly and that at the end of the day, we're saving people money uh, and obviously um, giving them the ability to heal and survive. So how do people find out more information, get involved, uh, you know, yep. pre-order a kit? I'm not really sure, but how do people find out more information and, and, and get involved or sign up and things like that? 
Yep. Uh, our website's www.growgear, all one word, G-R-O-W-G-E-A-R.co, not com. So that's growgear.co. And then on social media, we're on Instagram, Facebook. Just type in Grow Gear. It will come up as lighting. Um, we're just finalizing. Um, the, we've got the website up. We've got our commercial division too, and that's how we started. So we help licensed producers convert from high-pressure sodium lights, which are very high-cost, high high-energy, hot lights, Dean. So that's the newest thing right now um, is, you know, getting that education out to licensed producers. There's a huge Ontario rebate right now on each light where, you know, once purchased, you get a few hundred bucks back on the on the light, right? So there's just so much. But that that's where you can find us. And then, you know, obviously our, our, our multiple kit launch, um, which I explained to you off the record, you know, we're going to have a two-by-four kit fully loaded, you know, for that condo grower that doesn't have the space, but that can grow two or three plants. And that's a lot of medicine for you, Dean. Uh, so I, I, I hope to get you one and, and uh, we, can, we can get you growing in your condo legally and everything. And then a four by four I've got, we go up to a 10 by 10 tent and that's more on the juicing side. Mm-hmm. We're creating a juice box because you do need to grow up to 25, 50 plants for juicing raw cannabis. But look at the benefits, right? Um, Dr. Mainville uh, has shared that juicing has eliminated psoriatic arthritis from one of her patients and no longer taking pain medicine and gabapentin, Lyrica, and just juicing Dean. So that's, that's big. That's huge, right? And to see, see people with that type of chronic illness and not using the pharmaceuticals, saving liver, kidney, everything, just complete health, man. It's, this is game changing, but we need everybody, right? And we're going to build that community and that's what we're going to do. And it's going to, that's what Grow Gear is about. That's just, the bottom line. Awesome. I absolutely love it. And uh, listen, we, we referenced this uh, documentary with Rick Westhead about, um, you know, the pain that uh, the toll that the game takes on the players. How much of a game changer do you think cannabis could be in the sports world as far as, you know, maybe replacing some of the, the pills that get handed out uh, by the trainer? Do you, you know, what kind of a game changer do you think cannabis could be in general? Oh, a definite uh, game changer. And, you know, I like that you reflect back to Rick Westhead and what was done um, there. And you, you spoke about Ryan Kessler and look at just how he just recently retired mm-hmm. and now he's got Crohn's disease, right? Yep. So that Crohn's disease was developed from long-term pharmaceutical use, right? And he's admitted that doctors have said that. And, uh, you know, we look over at Steve Ludzig, former uh, Blackhawk um, um, coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm friends with Steve. Uh, uh, he's got his big gala there raising money for Parkinson's, which he does have in, in Niagara Falls. But now Steve is in need of a liver transplant right. from years of taking pharmaceuticals to keep his Parkinson's at bay, right? Um, maybe it's too late. He's stage three, pushing stage four. I don't believe so. He's very tough. He's a very compassionate man. He is using cannabis now. I even rolled him a few joints there uh, a couple of years ago, just said, hey, take this home. You know, and he called me back. He's like, Ritter, what strain is that? I slept like a baby. Nice. Well, at the end of the day, that's what it's about, right? When you're not sleeping, Dean, you're not healing, right? And cannabis isn't the, the heal all, right? But we do know that it can help with sleep and, and obviously curve pain levels, but keep us at bay. And I'm not against all pharmaceuticals. 
we've spoken about that, right? Mm-hmm. I might have to take an opiate or two the rest of my life. I have a very painful condition, right. and it is what it is. That's what the good Lord's given me. But he's also given me the ability to understand cannabis at a higher level and share that with people and fight to, to it's a plant, right? We can grow tomato plants, you know, we can, we can grow herbs, we can do everything, and we can grow cannabis. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, that answers your question. It's going to save lives, well, that's especially it. in high-impact sports. Yeah, that's it. And, and listen, you're right. You might have to take an opiate. There are people that, that do need it. There was a point in my life where I needed uh, pharmaceuticals for my mental health, and, and, and they yeah. do have a place in the time. But maybe with yeah. cannabis, you don't have to have as much in your system, that's and, really, and that's, that's where right. the buildup. So let's end with this. I want to ask yeah. you, which of the big four, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, do you think will be the biggest <sighs> – uh, first to kind of really embrace cannabis. I know in the NBA bubble, they're not testing for cannabis, so they're kind of wink-wink. Um, you mentioned about the NHL, but which do you think will be the first to really embrace, whether it's CBD or actual cannabis with THC? Yeah, that's a, that's a uh, you know, it's not a tough question, but, you know, we could break down every league, but we're not going to go there. You know, professional sports is a lot of money, Dean. It's mm-hmm. big business. We know that, right? Who's got the most money out of all the sports? And that is the NFL, right? Yep. So uh, in the way that I look at, you know, uh, the culture of the game, and I spoke about that, um, you know, a lot of African-Americans that have embraced cannabis, you know, in their culture, right? And God bless them, right? I, I believe, you know, from my time, even in Jamaica, I learned a lot um, from friends there, right? Um, so at the end of the day, I think that the NFL is a little ahead uh, maybe because of the legality too, with the lawsuits, have kind of uh, settled a bit before you know some of the other stuff going on legally. But the NHL is right there too, right? Signing a deal with Canopy for research, even in CBD, that's a start, right? Um, there was an article I was involved in with Leafy with Randy Drusen. You can look that up, and it was the NHL alumni puts CBD on thin ice, Dean. And I so I got involved. Randy called me. And I, I basically said, no, no, we need to have the discussion around THC. There's a lot of pain in sports. And now we're seeing a lot of these short documentaries coming out supporting that. So that pressure is coming from the media. It's coming from education. It's coming from patients that are thriving off cannabis. So that's what's pushing sports to open up. And obviously, players are getting sick of it and scared, scared of their own long-term health. Mm-hmm. So they're going to push for it. Now the NHL PA, I just read inside that uh, story yesterday with Rick Westhead said that they're going to allow players to go use a third party healthcare. Right. And so that opens up the floodgates scene for that. Any player that's actively playing to use cannabis, right. Or even psilocybin. Uh, depending on where they are. Yeah, <laughs> but we exactly. don't need to go there today. Yeah, yeah, that's another show for sure, Rob. But that's another show. Thank yeah. you so much for joining me again. Rob is with Grow Gear and Athletes for Care. You can get more information at growgear.co. Rob, best of luck. I really want to stay in touch and uh, help you guys however I can. Thanks so much for joining me. Awesome, Dean, and, and thanks for having me on board. You're doing an amazing job. You're you're a voice for many of us, right? So keep that up and uh, yeah, I look forward to continuing to, to support your podcast and um, listening to your journey as we, we all go on together and heal together too. And uh, I'm glad that you're you know off pharmaceuticals or and embracing cannabis and good for you and you sound great. And thanks for having me on board today, Dean. 
the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. There we go. Uh, you know, a guy who is uh, barely older than myself and going through some rough times uh, played a, a tough role in the game. And at least he can find some uh, relief with cannabis from, you know, the effects of Parkinson's and dystonia. And good on him uh, for getting involved and helping out others because uh, it's it's such a benefit. And we're going to reach out to uh, some different people in, involved in some of the leagues and try to talk to them on some future shows. Uh, also, check out One Hitters later in the week featuring Rob as we get to know his cannabis history. You'll be able to find that and full and past episodes at Cannabis101podcast.ca. You can also subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for our Friday giveaway. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley from the OZ joins me as usual on This Week in Cannabis News. Check them out online at OkanaganZ.com. Also follow them on Twitter at Okanagan Z and at Wiley Writer. And uh, the new website looks beautiful, uh, just gorgeous shots and great information. And I'd imagine uh, the colors in real life in the uh, uh, the life where uh, sunshine never ends, as I hear people call it, is like right now. It's it's beautiful. We're starting to see the clouds come in. It's a little rainy, but it's uh, harvest season in so many ways here in the Okanagan. Are starting to bring in the apples. We've got wine that's being made from this year's vintages. It's uh, it's it's an awesome place to be. Oh, that is excellent, and uh, we're getting some nice hot weather here. So, uh, extending uh, the outdoor time you can have in fall. And the first story that we're going to start with, David, is is kind of uh, well in your backyard in BC, and and this is a really encouraging story because, you know, not that we're always trying to say cannabis uh, should be equal to alcohol but just cannabis should be on equal footing with other industries and there's a new program being launched uh, that is going to kind of put cannabis producers towards that same level playing field in my opinion i think so too we're going to see some big changes coming to the cannabis industry uh our bc government here says that uh in 2022 we're going to start seeing cannabis producers having greater access to local retailers. And the really exciting is that we're going to see a direct delivery and farm gate sales program. Now, we saw something like this that was announced earlier this year up in Williams Lake, B.C., which um, was a bit of a surprise, a big surprise even, to a lot of people who are following the industry because the rules just aren't in place to have a farm-to-gate kind of cannabis operation. Um, but there was one announced, and it did involve the uh, the provincial government in that announcement, too. So now we're seeing a greater framework being announced. Um, the province says that it's currently developing the laws that are going to bring about that change. But what we're going to see is Health Canada licensed small-scale producers, as includes nurseries, that will be able to deliver cannabis directly to licensed retailers. And uh, also with that farm-to-gate side of things, too. This is something that the uh, a lot of different people, especially the, the smaller growers, uh, have been lobbying the government for. They want to especially be able to 
to choose which retailers they want to bring their products to and who they want to deal with. And we're seeing a little bit of pushback to that whole, we're just going to send our product off to uh, the, the, the big corporate headquarters of BC Cannabis, and then it's going to get distributed to wherever they put it. Those people who are especially coming over from the illicit market into the legal market just don't want to do business that way. They want to have a one-on-one relationship with the retailers, and they want to pick and choose who's going to basically be a champion to the customer when it comes to their products. Uh, as far as the farm, you know, I call it farm to table because that's really what we call it here in BC, bring farm to table. You get to know your farmer. When it comes to that side of things, that is just going to be amazing for cannabis consumers and aficionados who want to go and see the plants being grown, who want to meet the people behind the industry. And it's just, it's, it's exciting. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm, I'm really amped up to see what this is going to develop into, especially in such a big tourism province like we have here in BC. Well, that's just it. It opens up uh, cannabis tourism. And, and I hope this is something that starts to happen in Alberta here. We're starting to see a lot of producers in Alberta. And uh, I, I think it's just wonderful um, to be able to go to uh, a producer and and actually buy something that you know not the you're not you're not buying and no different than you're not, you're not taking a grape off of a plant and taking it uh, home from a a winery but you can buy a bottle of wine and this is a situation you can go you can see you know as much as they want to show you uh, how it works as much as you can see as much as allowed by uh, because you do have to be very careful uh, when it comes to cannabis, when it comes to contamination and such. But I just love the fact that you'll be able to go, and, and it's such a good thing for cannabis tourism. I hope this happens uh, across the country. So I'm really, really uh, excited about that. And and also, uh, I'm excited a- about uh, an- another commitment uh, when it comes to Indigenous communities and cannabis, also announced in this. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that they've announced here is that the BC cannabis stores are going to highlight products that are actually produced by BC Indigenous producers through uh, basically shelves on the store that uh, that point people toward the different products that are being grown by Indigenous communities. And it's, it's great to see the inclusiveness here in BC, and may that be a roadmap for the rest of Canada. A hundred percent. So good news all around. Um, the uh, availability of the product, and I really like the idea of producers uh, creating a relationship uh, with certain stores. So good news all around uh, coming forward uh, when it comes to BC cannabis, and uh, I especially love the spotlight on uh, Indigenous business and Indigenous producers because, uh, listen, I am starting to hear a lot more good news uh, coming from the Indigenous community in that this is something that is going to create jobs and uh, create a, 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 an awareness and an identity for mm-hmm. for different uh, different cultures. So I'm really excited about the potential of this. And, and so there's some of that brewing. I've been contacted by some, some different people. So it's something that we're going to explore a little bit more in the future on this show. Uh, okay, let's uh, chat quickly about this uh, poll uh, when it 
it comes to cannabis in the U.S. So we're narrowing in on November and what's going to happen in the election. And as we ramp up, I wonder how big, if an issue at all, cannabis is going to be moving forward. I mean, there's so many other things that they are dealing with as they ramp up to this election. But there is good news if you are in favor of legalization in the U.S. Support for cannabis is on both sides of the political spectrum. That's the bottom line here. We've got a a poll that was done uh, that shows that over 50% of Republicans are now in support of Senator Kamala Harris's proposed Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act. So it's not just Democratic support behind this thing. Um, This is a poll of about 1,200 voters, and it took place in early May, so uh, it was still a while back, and there's been even more coverage of this act uh, since then. So chances are that that support may have even increased. And it basically suggests that the majority of Americans, that's 69% of total, um, no matter what their political affiliation are, supports the legalization of cannabis. And uh, so that's 69%, sorry, 69% of Democratic respondents and 54% of Republicans. So this was a poll that was conducted by the nonprofit think tank Data for Progress. And uh, there's a little bit of delay on this MORE Act. So uh, we were supposed to see a vote on it uh, this week. And that's now been delayed for some time later this year. And the reason that has been given is that basically um, they want to put more time and more energy into COVID-19 responses. So this has been pushed back. Read into that what you will. I'm of the opinion that that's actually a good thing. That tells me that there's support for this bill, that no one seems to be overly worried about it, and they just want to deal with what's at hand. Now, the bad part of that is the fact that there's still a lot of inequality. We have a lot of people who are in prison and who are having their lives ruined over small cannabis convictions because of those very harsh laws in the U.S. Um, Now, this MORE Act would decriminalize cannabis at the federal level and remove it from the Controlled Substances Act. It would also expunge the records of those with prior convictions, and that would be small-scale cannabis convictions. Uh, and it would also impose a federal 5% tax on sales. And that cannabis revenue would be reinvested into communities who are most impacted by the war on drugs. So that's basically minority communities. Um, this is really exciting legislation, and uh, I, for one, am very hopeful that we're going to start seeing some changes in the U.S. sooner rather than later that are really going to help people who have been affected by just un- the unfairness happening across the border. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, come November, there could be close to 40 states who uh, legalized. I think there's five more on the uh, the ballot right now. And, you know, legalization in the states uh, is getting positive reviews by Americans. So it's no, it's, I, I, I can see this is maybe one issue where actually both sides are going to agree that, you know, this is not only good, you know, wh- whether they're looking at it as good for the economy or looking at it as good for society. The, the point is they're both looking at it as a good thing moving forward. 
cannabis brings people together. Here we are. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, okay, now uh, switching back to Canada and uh, going from state to province, we're focusing on my home province, the Keystone province of Manitoba. And it's interesting, you know, we, you and I talked about uh, Jesse Lavoie, and uh, I had him on my show recently, and this uh, constitutional challenge that he has going forward to let Manitobans grow because they're not allowed to grow their four plants. So in, in some ways, Manitoba is, uh, you know, kind of stuck behind everybody else. In other ways, they're f- more forward than other people. I mean, they have a delivery system where they deliver from store to home. It's called Pineapple Express. And now they're talking about uh, adding uh, even more uh, to the cannabis industry when it comes to restaurants. So what do you think of this story? I think it's fascinating. Manitoba seems to have a bit of a cannabis identity crisis. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, on the one hand, it's the only jurisdiction in Canada that's banned home growing. And then on the other hand, it starts making decisions like this. Basically, Manitoba now looking at providing licensing that would allow businesses like restaurants and spas offer cannabis products. And so right now what's happening is the Liquor, Gaming, and Cannabis Authority of Manitoba is launching a bunch of different campaigns geared at gauging the interests of businesses and consumers in expanding the availability of these types of products. As part of that initiative, they'll be working with Leger, which is a market research and analytics firm, to survey people about what that would look like. And there's a little bit of hot and a little bit of cold from what Global News has done in its footwork. It's found that restaurants generally are very interested in this, especially in the time of COVID-19. There's been a big hit that restaurateurs have taken. People haven't really been able to go to a restaurant like they have before. And this might open up uh, exciting new opportunities. People want to come in and see about, you know, having a cannabis drink maybe with their meal. Uh, On the other hand, other types of businesses are maybe a little bit cooler to the idea. And the executive director of the Massage Therapy Association of Manitoba basically says that these kinds of products are outside of the scope of the association members' practices and you know they're not quite sure how this might affect their liability insurance. So it's uh, in a very important stage right now of fact finding and opinion getting, and we'll see what they come back to. I've been wondering about this myself personally. I picked up uh, recently a cream for sore muscles that has mm. THC in it. I picked up a bath oil um, that creates some pretty nice bubbles and has a nice minty smell. It also has THC in it. And the retailers who are selling these products generally are saying that these types of cannabis products aren't selling. People aren't looking for them. They're coming in and not really interested. But if you opened up the market so that health products that can contain CBD or THC can be sold in other types of places, not necessarily you know your retail store just down the street, where people are often going and looking for flour or vapes, those sorts of things. If you can put them into spas or into salons, if you have hair care products, um, you know, put a CBD bath product into Lush, something along those lines, then you're actually hitting the right market. So I think that what Manitoba is doing right now is really developing a potential framework where different types of cannabis products can be sold a lot more successfully.
Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. Uh, you know, you might not be able to give a massage with this uh, a specific cream, but maybe that massage therapist, if they have an interest in cannabis, uh, is able to sell it and recommend it uh, for people in, in home use or something. So opening up those avenues is really important. Okay, let's continue this uh, little uh, international tour. We've crossed the border, jumped back, and now we're going across the pond to talk about medical cannabis and the London stock market. Uh, tell us about this story, David. Yeah, it's a little bit of an interesting development over in the UK. They did uh, legalize medicinal cannabis two years ago, um, but there's there's no way to trade on the stock market. The UK financial watchdog now has actually set out rules for cannabis companies who are seeking to list on the London stock market. Uh, it won't include recreational um, cannabis producers, but uh, and you know the other thing that they're doing is that they're keeping companies that are outside of the UK off the listings too, and there's kind of an interesting reason for that. Basically, they have a uh, like a proceeds of crime law right now that tends to block it, and even companies that are outside of the UK would be kept out, and that would include Canada, where we have companies who are you know, selling very legally, of course, in both the recreational and the medicinal space, um, but they wouldn't be able to list because of this act. Basically, it's a little bit of red tape, uh, but the the plus side of this story is that we're starting to see in the global market in a few different countries now a loosening of laws and an opportunity for businesses, for consumers um, to start to look and experiment to get more information. So this is... A, just another step in the big old global world on normalization of cannabis. Well, that's good news there. And and I think even better news as we uh, hop on the uh, Cannabis 101 jet and uh, head off to Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, you know, Hong Kong, maybe people didn't realize, is a burgeoning CBD market right now. Boy, oh boy. You know, a company in Hong Kong is really pushing the boundaries. And I had no idea that that Hong Kong is actually one of Asia's most progressive mm -hmm. cannabinoid markets. Uh, and who would have expected it? I look at some of the images coming off the news these days, and you know, the last thing that I would expect to see over there is a CBD cafe. Um, but lo and behold, there is a CBD cafe called Bound. And it's the city's first to offer coffee, biscuits, beer, juices. They all contain CBD. Now, none of the products in there contain THC, which is uh, highly outlawed, but CBD seems to be okay. It sort of flies under the radar. Um, so, so if you go into town, you know, a bottle of cold CBD-infused coffee will set you back about 80 Hong Kong dollars, so that's $10 at Found. And, you know, you go, go in there and get a CBD beer for $9. And uh, it had a soft opening this month. It's expected to be fully operational in October. It, these are the kinds of businesses that are really going to open up the market and let consumers see that cannabis is not what they may have thought it was. Yeah, this is so awesome. I just don't understand how beer is, uh, uh, coffee is more expensive than beer. Uh, I, 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 can't, <laughs> I can't get my head around that, but this is such good news, and it is a total surprise. I was really shocked and surprised and pleasantly surprised uh, when I found that out. So it, it's nice. And you know what? It's a first step. And, you know, 
Uh, we'll see if it progresses beyond CBD, but even if that's where it's at, at least uh, people are getting the benefit of um, of the plant in uh, in some way. So good news. Uh, good way to finish with some uh, good news, David, as usual. You can check things out at OkanaganZ.com. Make sure you sign up and uh, get your news delivered every Friday and check out the uh, website every single day to get updated with your cannabis news. And follow them on Twitter at OkanaganZ and at Wiley Writer. Enjoy the sunshine and the fall, David. We'll talk next week. Great to hang out with you, man. This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. By the way, the Cannabis and Hemp Expo that was supposed to happen originally last April, and then it was postponed until next month, October, has been uh, postponed again. Uh, just too many uh, question marks right now, and the uh, uh, the amount of people allowed and uh, that could safely be in that area, just not available to happen. So it, they're, they're shooting for late April 2021, at the Edmonton Expo Center. You can find all your information at CannabisHempExpo.com. That's CannabisHempExpo.com. We will be there when the show happens on location uh, doing some episodes. So make sure uh, you, you plan to stop by, say hello. We'd love to uh, meet the people that listen to this program. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Be careful with that, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> So last week uh, we did Mr. Mackey from uh, South Park, uh, and, and he was anti-cannabis, uh, okay? Um, drugs are bad, okay? Marijuana is bad, okay? That was basically Mr. Mackey. Uh, keeping on the teacher theme that uh, I, I don't think uh, he was that big of a fan of cannabis, probably, this character. Um, I don't know if he ever came out it and said it, but uh, he had a very famous quote about it. Talking about Mr. Hand. Uh, played by Ray Walston from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Straight-laced uh, teacher, perfectly played against Sean Penn Spicoli, and one of the best lines that there is in the movie. What are you people, on dope? Uh, it's just so good. There's just so many classic lines and characters uh, in that movie, and the cast is uh, very, very impressive. So uh, just a, a short little bit on Mr. Hand, Ray Walton from Fast Times at Ridgemont High as our uh, cannabis character, sort of, today. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. <laughs> Thank you. 
our educator and the manager of the Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave location, Chris Ionson, joins us as usual for What's That Strain. Thanks for coming out, Chris. Yeah, Dean, thanks for having me, buddy. No problem. Remember, if you're heading to uh, Nova Cannabis, use the click and collect method. We're going to talk about some really cool pre-rolls later on that you can use to grab the, uh, using the click and collect. And you can also get L.A. Kush Cake, which is the strain we are doing tonight. It's an indica-dominant hybrid, and the LP is Natural History. And they're the rec brand of Atlas Growers and Biotechnology. So tell us about them. Yeah, definitely, Dean. Uh, they're a really neat company, actually. So um, they've been around since 2015, uh, and they operate out of the Edmonton, Alberta area. Um, their head office is in Edmonton, and, uh, and they have a uh, grow facility out near, uh, in the lac St. anne County, uh, in the Edmonton area. Mm-hmm. And they initially started out in the medical cannabis side, um, and their, their products took off. I remember uh, hearing a huge buzz uh, about how well they were doing and that there was a you know, waiting list to get on for their medical stuff. And uh, yeah, so just... Hearing about them, you know, finally coming to the rec brand uh, was a huge kind of excitement for me. I've been kind of on these guys for a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah, this is this is a company that and, and a lot of times the, the stories have been similar where start out on the medical side and then branch into the rec side. And you already have that kind of pre buzz when you move to the rec side, thanks to the, to the medical side, but you know, whether it's patient reviews or whatever else it might be, it's all, it's already that preloaded buzz when you make that switch. Yeah, Dean, absolutely. And, and even when, um, cannabis was legalized and we had recreational cannabis, um, there was, uh, like, uh, other LPs, uh, the AGLC was reaching out to Atlas saying like they want, they wanted them to, to wow. join the recreational market. And, uh, and they, they decided against it, uh, initially because they, they didn't feel like they could keep up to the demand and they wanted to, uh, up, up their game before stepping into it. So that impresses me even more, yeah. right. In, in that they're saying, Hey, that's a great offer, but we're not ready yeah. yet. We'll get there, and we don't want to get there now and under deliver. Let's get there and and dominate the the market, so to speak, or whatever, or or just have a great product. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's great when a company recognizes that, and and that comes from leadership too, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. This company's run by a, a real uh, amazing leader, uh, the president and CEO Sheldon Kroom. Uh, he's got a history of la- launching successful businesses and, and leading teams in a in a startup environment. Um, he's been featured in numerous news articles, radio interviews, um, and he was on the Canadian TV series Dragons Den. Uh, I've met Sheldon a couple of times. He's very smart, very well spoken, and very passionate about cannabis. Uh, it seems like a, you know he'd be a, a great guy to to work for for sure. I read uh, somewhere uh, that. He's been an entrepreneur since 14, you know, started like an eBay company uh, selling video games, right? So, you know, this is a a guy that at a very young age uh, had a very business mind and and obviously doing great things uh, leading the way at at Atlas. So they've got great leadership on the business side, uh, and they also have great leadership on, uh, you know, the, the production side, the growing side. The connections to the whole family from Alberta are pretty impressive. Yeah, this this one excited me when I when I first found out about this. Uh, so yeah, At- Atlas Growers they're fortunate enough to have the Alberta horticultural legend uh, Jim Hole uh, of Hole's Greenhouse Limited. Uh, he's the the son of Lois and Ted Hole. 
uh, and he's their director of cultivation. And so he, he holds a bachelor of science with a major in plant science. He is a certified professional horticulturalist with the American society for horticultural science. And he's got over 35 years experience in, in that industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's, he's the one he's working directly with the growers and the engineers, the suppliers, uh, and they're developing unique, efficient, and consistent practices for cultivating the world's highest quality cannabis. And, uh, yeah, it, it shows when, you know, when I picked up the, the Kush cake, it was super nice stuff. Um, and even, um, with, with Jim Hole, like several, several LPs had reached out to him, uh, before he joined with Atlas. Uh, I think everyone, you know, wanted to to get him to join on board, uh, just a, a legend in horticultural, the horticultural world. So, uh, yeah, and he chose Atlas uh, because he felt that they had the highest standards for production, quality, and safety. Well, you could have done a reality show out of uh, the courting of uh, <laughs> of Jim Hole for for all the LPs, and you know, remember LeBron did the big unveil oh. about where he was going around these college kids. The the reality show you could have built over the amount because it, it it is perfect, man. The the LPs are reaching out to one of the best in the business, and you know, uh, you know how how amazing. Uh, I, I just imagine what the pitch was from Atlas that that succeeded because this is a guy yeah. who, as you talk about, is uh, is very wanted and and sought after in that business. So good on Atlas and good on Jim Hole for bringing that experience. And you know, I drive by that wonderful area. Uh, all the time, uh, and you, know, you on your way out here to St. Albert, uh, that wonderful Lois Hole area out there. So good to see that the the whole family is involved in this, and their facility in, in Lac St. Anne is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, especially, you can look on it on the website. We'll give you that in a second. But uh, good sized production facility. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's got a good size. It's uh, thirty eight thousand uh, square feet. So. Got just enough room there. And uh, as we mentioned before, it's located in the Lac St. Anne County, just northwest of Edmonton. And within that facility, they've got nine climate-controlled environments um, and allowing them to customize ecosystems for maximum efficiency. Uh, and they're one of the few facilities in Canada. It's called a, a CEC facility. It's a controlled environment cannabis mm -hmm. facility where you know things are really, really dialed in from room to room. Uh, so that's super cool. Um, the facility is expected to produce uh, 5,500 kilograms of cannabis every year. Uh, and Atlas also owns a 160-acre plot of land with room for expansion uh, for up to a million square feet of additional construction should it be needed. So Wow, that's awesome. You know, and the great thing is you talk about the climate uh, control and, you know, certain Plants or strains or cultivars need different uh, airspace and climate and and humidity, uh, lighting, humid, and all this. It's, all it's these different very things, different. Yeah. So you're not just throwing it into to one area and saying, "All right, uh, grow my beauties." So there is so much science behind it, and they seem to have it really, really dialed in. And the the story that I really love about them, and I remember actually talking about this story on this podcast uh, uh, in in this time of their connection to the Ivy League and also a nice connection to the U of A as well, but they're they a well-connected company. Yeah, it's really neat. Uh, in, in May of 2019, uh, it was announced that Atlas will be supplying cannabis for clinical trials at the Harvard University. Mm -hmm. um, the clinical trials will focus on the medicinal effects and recommended doses of cannabis for specific health conditions. Uh, I, that's huge. That's I've been saying this since day one. 
that I would love to to see some clinical trials on, you know, oh, yeah. what's actually going to help people. Um, I do think that it, you know, it varies from person to person. So it's tricky to, to figure out these clinical trials, but the fact that they're doing it is amazing. Yeah, I think the great thing is, is that, you know, whether it uh, uh, person to person is different, but you know, whether it works on this sort of, you know, whether it be a cancer cell or this sort of thing, does it work against that specific thing? And maybe the effects that each person feels while it's working might be different, mm-hmm. but w- what it actually does is is consistent with, you know, yeah. it, it attacks this cell. And and that's so beautiful. I, I, I said the same thing. I love the fact that I can go um, and, and, you know, I can go to Nova Cam- Cannabis, pick up L.A. Kush uh, Cake, come home, smoke a joint, and nobody's calling the cops on me. I love that. <laughs> but more importantly, I love the research that's going to happen into the yeah. plant. And, and this is just another connection with Harvard and, and also a connection to the U of A. Yeah, so with uh, with the U of A, uh, another interesting partnership, um, they partnered up with Atlas to create the Cannabis Waste Project. And this will develop strategies for the on-site treatment and handling of cannabis waste that could be potentially converted into electricity. <laughs> so awesome, man! Yeah, just a really cool cannabis company for yeah. sure. And making the most, it seems, out of the plant, which is awesome to hear about. Okay, so let's get to a little bit of the history when we're talking about LA Kush Cake. Uh, what are we talking about for lineage? Yeah, so the lineage is Cushmints. Uh, and crossed with wedding cake. So two kind of really hard-hitting uh, indicas, uh, you know, um, and actually actually created by the same genetic group. So Seed Junkie Genetics, uh, they created Kush Mints, which is Bubba Kush crossed with Animal Mints. And they also created Wedding Cake, which is a Triangle Kush crossed with Animal Mints. <laughs> so... We so gotta, the, you get uh, two times the Animal Mints with yeah, this. Yeah, you got to double down on the Animal Mints for sure. I like it. Yeah, that that would be the uh, the the great ad campaign. Double the animal mints in uh, <laughs> L.A. Uh, Kush cake. Uh, okay, so this is also uh, by some award winners, and this is an award winning flower. It is, yeah. It was named the best personal flower at the 2019 Emerald Awards. Um, definitely packs a powerful punch, um, and it's you know legendary cultivar from the legendary breeders. You know it's very popular right now in California too. Okay, you can uh, check out the website www.atlasgrowers.com. Really nice video on there with some of the founders uh, that that we have talked about on this episode. Uh, the uh, the naturalhistory.ca uh, cannabis website is uh, just kind of growing, but they do have a very strong mission statement on there and a very strong statement about um, you know their view of the cannabis industry right now and and what they're doing with their own cannabis. So uh, check it out at atlasgrowers.com. Uh, and uh, like I said, I, I really like that the video with some of the people that we've discussed. Oh, and they went to New York. Yeah, the the new, you know kind of they're you know explaining who they are and what they are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, it seems like everyone involved uh, has a, a passion for working there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another video that I saw on their website where it's kind of. Uh, it's for the career section, you know, come work for Atlas. And the facility looked amazing. Uh, even Jim Hole uh, tells tells the video, uh, I'm going to teach you things. You're going to teach me things. 
just hearing someone like that say that was being that, that open-minded, that's, right? That's huge. Uh, and that know. tells you that the even the the years of experience that he has, he's still learning about the cannabis plant, which we all are, right? Like, so that's the they're 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 not too smart to tell you they're the smartest, and that's the thing, right? <laughs> like they know that there's so much more to learn, and good on Jim uh, for yeah. that. So check it out, atlasgrowers.com. Uh, this we have today uh, is 23.9%. So that's getting to level three. You know, we, we yeah. seem to have the three stages. Level one is the beginner. Level two is intermediate. Level three is you should be fairly experienced. Um, you know, I think a level two could still handle this, but definitely this is good for the, you know, those people that are in that level three that are looking for something awesome. This is it. This is your ticket. It is. It very much is. This is also the first LA Kush cake we've seen come to the rec market here in Canada. So very cool. Um, it's it's super awesome. Big fan of it. What's in a name with LA Kush cake? So with the name, it's kind of a shout out to the genetics. Uh, you know, we've got the the Kush and the cake, and so we got Kush mints and wedding cake, mm-hmm. uh, and that's also where it's from too, from LA, uh, where the Sea Junkie guys are are hailing there in Cali. All right, let's talk about uh, the look of this packaging. And uh, this is this is a company that's proving you can provide a lot of information and it doesn't have to be a giant tub. Yeah, totally, Dean. They've got uh, a small black Dynapack child-proof line pouch. Uh, it's an excellent size for a 3.5. Uh, it's got the thumb pocket for opening. Um, the label, too, contains the total terpenes percentage which is uh, pretty cool to see. Uh, this batch that we got here is 1.2714% of total weight is terpenes. So that's, for anybody wondering out there, basically, you know, when we talk about the THC percentage uh, being 23.9, uh, this is the, all the amount of terpenes makes uh, is is 1.2714% of this plant. Of yeah, this, uh, of this, the of total the weight of yeah, the bud. The yeah. bud, yeah. Okay, so that's basically, and that's great. More information, the better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe more to come on the packaging as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they've, they've also got these color-specific ticks uh, on the packaging too, which is pretty neat, and it actually pertains to the terpene concentration of that batch. Um, just maybe the one thing I'd suggest is, you know, put a legend on, you know, what the colors mean. Because mm-hmm. uh, I have a, a marketing booklet at my store where, you know, it does list that, you know, the caryophyll offerings yellow and what have you but uh, that'd be neat to have on the packaging yeah i, I guess at the for right now uh, it gives you the information when somebody uh, you're talking yeah. to a consumer that comes in uh you know and in the future the more information for the consumer the better and this is something that you know i've been banging the drum on is let's get more information than just the thc percentage and, and kudos to this company for, for starting to do that yeah, absolutely, Dean. I think it'd be cool, too, to see, like, companies releasing, like, the COAs, the Certificate of Analysis of their testing, so we could see the exact uh, percentages mm. for those batches. Hopefully, we get to that eventually. All right. While we're on the wish list, let's get harvest dates on there as well, not just packaging <laughs> dates. So yeah. we've got a big wish. Well, it's not even Christmas yet, and we've got this long wish list for uh, for Santa to bring us. Okay, so anyway, that's the outside of the package. It's great. What about when you open the package, which it does, as mentioned, it has the uh, the thumb spot to open it. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the smell, and then we'll get to the look. Yeah, so when you do crack that bag and, and smell it, uh, very first thing to me, instant classic Kush. Uh, classic Kush smell. Um, it's very spicy and earthy. Um, slight notes of sweetness, kind of like a, a creaminess or, or cookies type of smell. 
Um, and this might sound a little odd, but I, I, I felt like it smelled very clean and very proper, as in like uh, like what properly grown and, and flushed cannabis should smell like. Like mm-hmm. it smelled really healthy and good yeah that's what i that's the word that came to mind as soon as i smelled it i'm like this smells healthy you know i've smelled some really unhealthy cannabis in my life and you could tell that there's something wrong this right away was like hmm Mm -hmm. this is strong healthy cannabis Uh, i I really like that description uh what does it look like yeah so uh definitely uh an excellent trim job Uh, smaller buds in the in the package um not too small though, uh, but we got some dark green buds there and a real nice red tint to the buds, and that's due to the ample bright red pistols that are covering uh, the mm-hmm. buds. And on top of all that, there's like a, a good layer of trichomes just covering the bud. Um, I took a look with my uh, my magnifying glass. Yeah. It was Cake City down there. It was really neat to see a lot of spiny trichomes in there. Yeah, I saw that when I zoom when you zoom in. Uh, even just from the phone, you can see uh, some of that stuff, kind of, uh, and 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 that's great. Uh, adds to uh, the bottom of my uh, my Keefe collector and my grinder, and yeah. uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, definitely a nice look to this bud for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so the terpenes uh, we we see kind of what's on the label. Let's talk about them specifically. Uh, the, at least the top three. Yeah, for sure. So the the dominant terpene is the caryophylline, and that's uh, Dean's favorite. That's the uh, the spice and black pepper. Um, Nerolidol is next, and that's kind of one we don't talk about uh, as much mm-hmm. on the show. And that's kind of a, a woodsy uh, tree bark kind of uh, uh, aroma to it. Uh, and then myrcene is the, the third terpene, and that's uh, kind of an earthiness, uh, a clove uh, kind of flavor to it. So it's like you're walking in spice forest, basically. Uh, yeah. With this one, you got the spice, earth, and uh, yeah. and the uh, the the barkiness. So I like that terpene profile, and I always love um, learning about maybe ro- more rare terpenes that we don't always see. You know, you, myrcene is one of the more very common oh, ones, yeah. and then we have one of the the very uncommon ones. So that's always great that we can kind of educate people about um, their different uh, terpenes that they might want to have. So. Mm-hmm. I love that uh, even better. Okay, your experience. We've changed uh, this from it used to be desired effect, but everybody is different. So, what was your experience? Yeah, so Ellie Kush Cake rocked me uh, definitely. Uh, it pr- pretty much crushed my eyelids into submission uh, initially. I was like, um, I kind of melted into my couch a bit right when I put the, my joint out for the the first time I hit it. Um, but once once the high settled in, uh, I was definitely a bit more active. Um, it's a hard hitter though, for sure. Uh, I was significantly baked when I experienced it. Uh, and it got me, got me thinking a lot. It got kind of the, the thoughts in my head rolling a lot. And, and I found to be like very contemplative, uh, it, but in a good way, Dean, not like, uh, not like the sativa <laughs> mm-hmm. where I overthink things and I get a little anxious. This was like a really nice kind of got the, my brain going a bit, uh, but in, in a real nice way. Beautiful. So let's get to the three W's. Who, what, and when is this good for? Yeah, so who it's good for, Dean, is is the expert smoker, the level three. Uh, I think if you're a level two looking to take the next step, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you'll you be okay. Uh, but it's definitely, this one's a banger. It's not for, hey, I'm new to cannabis. Uh, I'm going to try this L.A. Kush cake. Uh, it's not a good idea. Like, yeah, you, you might go down right away and, and <laughs> be napping for a while if you don't yeah. have some experience or, or whatever. And, and, you know... This wouldn't totally knock out a, a level two, I don't think, but mm-hmm. 
definitely, this is, I think, you know, those level three smokers that are always looking for that something new or hard hitting. This is your one, man. Yeah, man. Well said. I, I am one of those people. Yeah. And, and yeah, when I came across this, that's kind of how I felt was, I'm like, yes, this is. This is what you like, look for. Yeah. yeah like, like high school high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That first dance with Mary Jane. I like that. Okay. So what? Uh, what it's good for. Um, unwinding after a long day. Uh, it's really good for maximum relaxation. Um, it's really good if you're looking to get your bake on. Uh, do you want to watch goofy movies? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Contemplative thinking. It was really good for that. Uh, and munchies too. Uh, yeah. Go. I definitely got the munchies uh, with this stuff. And when? When it's good for uh, evening time, definitely, you know, after work, uh, evening. I, d- I don't think this is a good one to start your day. I mean, you could uh, wake and bake at your own risk. Yeah, you might have a nap in like an hour. Yeah. So if you get up, wake <laughs> and bake, you might just be going back to bed. Who knows? Yeah, yeah totally. Okay, so the uh, taste test, uh, I've got the bag filled up from the Supernova. Grabbed my Volcano Hybrid with the click and collect uh, from you guys. Uh, so that was a great day. Uh, I'm going to taste this out. Uh, what do you find when you taste this? So it's it's definitely got that kind of like the cushy flavor. It's very earthy. Uh, but there's there's definitely like a peppermint uh, flavor just right, right, right off, off the of hop. That, yeah. yeah. Um, I found there's, you know, it's kind of a little gassy too. That maybe throws in with the, the cushiness. Um, but it's also very creamy and sweet. Yeah, it's got the, uh, like, a, like a, uh, on this, vi- it feels so, it's like a thick, full flavor in this bag right now yeah. uh, you don't always get that without this has a full taste to it uh i get like a hershey's cookies and cream sort of uh, nice. feeling from it but definitely a peppermint right off the top right yeah yeah for I sure um yeah it's it's like a it's a minty kush for sure um and it's super smooth like yeah. when I, I i rolled um some joints that was my method and uh super smooth like to the end of the joint so um Big fan of, of the taste. Wonderful. Um, not too often we come across a lot of peppermint taste, uh, but you can feel that right off the top. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So that is beautiful. L.A. Kush Cake uh, by Natural History, uh, the rec brand of Atlas Growers. Sounds like they're doing some wonderful things out there. Uh, all right, uh, quickly, you can use Click and Collect. It's a really easy system. You pre-order using the Leafly website. Great for you guys mm-hmm. and uh, easy to do. Uh, you know, like uh, you've got these uh, third of a gram pre-rolls that are starting to hit the market. You find those on there, you yeah. point them out, click them out. By the time I show up, they're already ready for a mini and I'm gone. And, and in this stage where we're, we're trying to keep contact at a minimum, click and collect is where it's at. Yeah, Dean, I think so. Um, and also, too, it'll, it kind of reserves it. So the, these, oh. these things, are, they sell out fast. You know, we get our delivery on, let's say, Monday. Um, you know, usually by Tuesday, if I got a case or two of those, those so you like can Renica reserve it in the morning. And if you're not going to make it until the afternoon, it's yeah, put away for I you. I would love to put your name and hold it for you. Cause yeah, you know, so that's Even better. Yeah. That's, that's another kind of big benefit to it. Uh, it's a big thing too, to limit time in store, yeah. uh, with, with what's happening with COVID. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just being able to, you know, shop our menu, uh, from home to see what we got before stepping out. If there's something in particular you're looking for. Um, and like with those, those 3.5, uh, gram joints, like the 10 packs of the readies, like very popular. I, I get multiple times a day, people coming in asking, you got those little cigarette packs? Yeah. They're, they're, well, they're like packs. a third of a gram, right? Yeah. They're a, a 0.35 gram joints and they were actually rolled using like a, a cigarette machine. 
um, no no human hands touch them is is, mm. is a, a bragging point from Ready uh, Ready Can, but uh, we also had a couple other uh, licensed producers like Good Supply, Soleil. I grabbed some of the Farmstead. Good Supply. They're great. Yeah, Perfect size. They are really nice, and they're doing like a 0.33 gram joints, and theirs are are, are more of a, a joint uh, instead of a, the cigarette kind of filter, um, and it's more of a cone, but it's a real nice personal size. And I think it's it's a real good option for, for what's happening right now with COVID where, you know, we don't want big, big fat joints right now unless you're going to burn it all yourself. So, you know, bring those personal joints out. And uh, like if you got the 10 pack and you want to have a sesh with your homies, everyone gets a, a personal joint. The Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> and you get a joint. <laughs> you know what else? It's, it's a good sneak away. If you're at a party, you want to sneak away and you don't want to smoke the whole joint or you don't want to smoke half of your one gram joint and then come back smelling like whatever. If that's what your thing is, this is great. It's perfect sneak away. You're done. Yeah. And you're back to the party where everybody knows what, what happens. So if that's sure. the thing, it's it's also great as well. So <laughs> use that. Use the click and collect uh, to grab uh, some of these cool pre-rolls or the L.A. Kush Cake from Natural History under the Atlas Growers and biotechnologies brand awesome i can't wait uh for this uh for my eyelid uh, battle to begin and then enjoy the rest of the ride with la kush cake thanks a lot chris yeah thanks for having me dean this is the business of cannabis a joint venture between the green generation co and the cannabis 101 podcast Bringing you the latest Bud Biz Buzz. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. joining us as usual. Check out the website at greengencompany.com. Subscribe to the newsletter and find out how Melka can help you. How are things today, Malka? Great, Dean. It's still a nice day, and we're late in September, so I have nothing to complain about on that side of the world. Yeah, no doubt. It has been uh, just absolutely uh, gorgeous uh, as of late, so let's hope it continues as we roll into, you know what, winter and snow. So uh, let's start with our uh, first topic, which is, uh, and I've always kind of been wondering this as well, why is uh, the U.S. and Europe, why are they so much farther ahead with acceptance of CBD in Canada? I mean, I don't know about Europe, but I've been told stories that you can buy CBD at a mall kiosk in Vegas. So it seems like we're, um, you know, we're, we're like distant third in this race. Yeah, you know, and it's it actually Europe is there the farthest ahead in terms of acceptance of CBD. And it's really just because they all, both can, or U.S. and Europe, um, and this is data that has come in from New Frontier Data, who's been watching this, uh, particularly they're based in the U.S., or they're based in Europe, and they've been watching this trend growing over the past five years. Um, it's been, it's because CBD is classified as an as a agricultural or a hemp-based product, um, and that's sort of the, I would say, the loophole that has gotten into the common culture faster than cannabis. Um, and that's really what it boils down to. And in the U.S., what we saw was at the end of 2018, that's when the Industrial Farm Bill came into law there. And that opened the floodgates for farmers to switch from whatever they were growing before 
to now growing hemp, which was, you know, the latest cash crop or high value crop that they could get their hands on, where prior to that, it was prohibited. It was under Schedule A, just or Schedule One, just like all other cannabis and other, um, you know, drugs and narcotics. So, you know, the, the vision of CBD being something of a natural nutraceutical product, this category has been largely accepted sort of everywhere else where um, it hasn't been classified that way in Canada. We kind of came at it from a different side from the, the legalization of cannabis as opposed to the relaxing of the laws around agricultural nutraceutical uh, products. Yeah, it, it is kind of um, strange how we are, you know, so progressive as a, a country to legalize uh, recreational cannabis use and, and involving THC, but uh, we also kind of lumped uh, hemp and, and CBD into that into that uh, category. And it's amazing. Like Hong Kong, we, we had a story in This Week in Cannabis News on this show about Hong Kong having a uh, cannabis or a CBD cafe uh, that has opened. And, you know, uh, Hong Kong is one of the more progressive markets when it comes to uh, CBD. So uh, the rest of the world, while we may have legalized, the rest of the world is, uh, is you know, gaining in other areas and lapping Canada in CBD. And, and this is something that I think our country really has to take a hard look at. Yeah. Now I'm going to put forward the counter argument for a second and, and just following in the sense of that Canada is highly esteemed for its quality control and our standards for safety and security. That's known across the board. That's what Canada is known for. And in the sense of cannabis regulation, they did the same thing with CBD in the sense of, you know, we understand that CBD comes from hemp and that it's, you know, a plant-based product, but we don't necessarily think that it's just as, just because it's that way, it means that it's healthy and safe from a quality standpoint to, to legalize it or allow it uh, across the board available in Canada. So really what it comes down to, and this is the big problem, is that in a lot of other jurisdictions, in the U.S. included, the regulations are are now back in pose. So people that produced hemp-based products, they didn't have to follow laws around making sure that there wasn't heavy metals in their extracted CBD um, or that the, the percentage of CBD was of no, anything that is really of interest. So basically CBD was, was recognized and available, but the fact that it had any level of, of even therapeutic or even really of benefit, it was essentially just a marketing claim. And the the good companies that were trying to prove out that their the quality of their products, particularly like you know Charlotte's Web, the, the, some of the initial trailblazers here, they were trying to really put a much more of a quality level and a, and a focus on the on the extraction that it takes to get a high quality CBD product. Um, and have levels of, you know, um, purity and, 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 you know, quality in that. And that's what Canada sort of is on that side. Now, that's the, the counter argument where you see it everywhere, but just because you see it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you're getting inside the package or the bottle or the cafe. There aren't necessarily the standards there. I mean, I'm not sure about uh, Hong Kong, but I know that across the U.S., this is a big problem because it's come out as that these products have this claim that they have CBD and that's beneficial for you, but nothing to base that on. And that's become a marketing issue where in Canada, where people recognize it as CBD, but we're ensuring that the level of CBD in a product follows a standard and, a, and, a, and an amount that's certifiable by, you know, the standards that are in place for regulatory purpose with cannabis. 
So we have higher standards to protect people from, you know, you know, being harmed by these products if they're not truly what they are and that the things that are in them are what they are. But um, in the sense, we're doing it in that safety way as opposed to this mass availability where it's in there, but it's not necessarily what it is. Yeah, which obviously you need to have higher standards, but there are, there has to be some sort of um, like I mean, when we're getting lapped by other countries as far as accessibility of of the actual product, that's not a good thing. So you know, we're 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 almost we're well, we know we're regulated, uh, overregulated, and I just don't you know I I can understand on the THC side and the recreational side, but you know, Canada was so slow with hemp, like it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And so I guess, I mean, here's what, what, it, what it means for us now is that because it's recognized globally, you know, in a lo- so many different places as something that is good for you. Now in Canada, with the standards applied, we have high quality CBD that can actually do something that is good for you. And there's proof in that. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's, it's almost like we can sort of ride the coattails of the world recognition that it is something that's good. And now we have more proof and evidence and, and um, regulatory process to that. If you're making this product in Canada, you know that it's going to have certain criteria for standards. It's not going to contain heavy metals and that the, the package that you're buying or the, the element that you're buying that contains CBD has a certain amount of CBD in it that passes a bunch of criteria that we have in Canada. So it's like, yeah, it's good that it's, it was done worldwide and we'll be able to ride that out as the, the years play out here. Um, but it's also good that it isn't attached to cannabis in some ways because people still have a stigma around cannabis. And that was the example I gave that there's been cannabis retailers I've seen putting out signage that says cannabis and CBD available here because people don't even know that in some cases the CBD has anything to do with cannabis. They just know it as CBD. So that's both a positive and a negative. Um, but the these all of these things are related in the sense that Canada has taken a hardline approach to making sure people are safe and secure before consuming it. And other countries have sort of let it go out there without taking that approach and now having to go back and regulate those products, which is very hard to do. All right, let's move to uh, change makers now. And uh, this is, you know, the made by uh, pens, vape pens by uh, Burnt. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, I just love this company. My my studio is just full of their uh, products uh, from the, the hexagon uh, to some of the different pipes and the, the rolling trays. Uh, just, I just love every, I just love the design. And uh, I'm really looking forward to these uh rechargeable battery chambers uh, with this beautiful artwork. So let's talk a little bit about the made by vape pens uh, from Burnt and, and Valens. Yeah, so this is actually a collaborative project between, you know, Burnt, as you mentioned, who are wonder- wonderful accessories makers. They have this really cool iconic design with the hard lines, very cool artistic uh, products. Um, and then Valens is the, you know, sort of the the higher, uh, most well-known extraction company in Canada. And they're based out of BC and Kelowna. And they've just grown exponentially with doing extractions of all different kinds. So this is a collaborative project where Valens has the high quality extraction um, products, the the extracts. Now, this is a full spectrum, full spectrum, 
of extract, which means that it's not made with an isolate or a distillate. So what it means is that you're getting the full um, effect of the strains. So the strains are listed on their marketing that it's, you know, they're BC butt. So it comes from the regional area. Uh, we've got headband, which is my favorite personal strain. And uh, lately I've been using it a lot for day focus, uh, white rhino and critical Cali mist. So three different um, strains sort of for three different purposes, um, as opposed to just being sort of that generic, like, you know, your, your sativa or your, um, your indica or your hybrid. And, and the, ex the full spectrum extract is huge because it's not, it's very hard to do it well. And Valens does it really well. So by partnering with a, a, a company that can put a really cool image on the outside, they've chosen an Alberta artist um, who has, was chosen by the grower because their art matched what the grower really, the cultivar uh, complemented um, was Glenn R uh, Ronald with this first line of pens. And they'll be doing, these will be like series, like limited series runs. So almost like collector's items. And they are on the, on the battery part. So you're right. You can get different carts for them um, and get your different strains, but you'll be able to have these sort of collector's item, beautiful artwork batteries that you can showcase on your shelf with your, you know, hexagon, uh, burnt other products uh, right beside it. So they're just gorgeous. It, it really is. Uh, I just love, you know, I've, I've, I've had uh, Simon and Darcy on the program to talk about uh, just the, I just love the the thought process and uh, I don't know if you'd call it mission statement uh, for them. They're just, they just love creating great products that are unique and that are going to last a long time and, and work really well for their customer. And that's exactly what their other products do. And I can't wait to look at this. I think they came out with the disposals first. I I love that they're coming out uh, with these uh, rechargeables. And, you know, I, I think the artist, you know, from, from what I was told, I don't know, you know, how the, the story goes, but, you know, it consumed whether it was critical Cali mist and then came up with the artwork. So you're kind of maybe getting uh, the artwork's vision of what critical Cali mist was for him or, or white rhino or, or headband or something so i really really love it and uh, you can check it out by the way at madebyvapes.com www.madebyvapes.com and uh, it's just something different uh, you know i talk a lot uh, about uh, branding on uh, what's that strain and you know packaging and there's so much just plain white tubs out there if you can stand out in any way with any color you're ahead of the game if you can stand out with original local artwork I think you're really ahead of the game. And, and that's what these seem to be. Exactly. And, you know, and on top of that, there these are the first flavored pens. These are the first pens that I've seen at all that have a real, actually a flavor profile to them. So they've got a hint of berry, a hint of citrus or tropical fruit, which matches the terpene extracts in the strains. So that's another thing is that, you know, when you've got a full spectrum strain, you've got, you know, you're, you want to be able to get the essence, those terpene profiles from that. And they're enhancing that with the natural terpene profile. So I'm excited to try these. I mean, I saw the samples and, and they're going to be on store shelves very soon. So, you know, check back with your retailers. I think Green Rock um, Cannabis is going to be, that's who I saw them with. So I think they're going to be one of the first people to have them. And so excited that they're bringing that BC bud with the Alberta um, artistry, you know, with the burnt and the balance. It's just like, a, it's a wonderful collaboration on all sides. And that's the, what I believe the cannabis industry has really been, is a collaboration of change makers. And that's why I really want to focus on them this week. Yeah, they are uh, wonderful doing wonderful things. And uh, I think there's much more to come from the uh, that uh, 
the uh, the collaboration that they all have within their company. Uh, they're always coming up with something cool. All right, let's check uh, about what it means to be green. And you know, we've kind of chatted about the color green in the past and and uh, some of the different meanings. But there's uh, there's kind of one green logo that seems to stand above the rest when it comes to branding. Yeah, so, you know, it's a question for all your audience to, to, to mull over for a second. I'm going to give them some hints. This is a green logo. It's a retail chain on nearly every corner in North America, maybe even worldwide in some cases, and has a very long history um, being true to their brand. Um, they have a lot of products, but they're more known for their retail brand, and their brand logo has nothing to do with what they sell. Any guesses, Dean? Well, I know, unfortunately, but I wonder uh, how many people have snapped it up already because uh, as I was reading it, I didn't get it until I saw the answer. So so I'll give you one more hint, and this is a bigger takeaway, is that they recently, the owner, of the, the founder of this company recently invested $34 million into a uh, software platform that is big in the cannabis space, which is Dutchie. Um, so the answer to the question, who the brand and the green brand is Starbucks. Um, so Starbucks and Howard Schultz made a personal investment of $34 million into the app uh, platform Dutchy, which is a retail cannabis retail e-commerce platform that is just they're just growing like gangbusters right now. And I've had a chance to, uh, to speak in, uh, a few times with the manager here in Canada. It's a North America platform. And they're essentially taking um, the cannabis story and the data that is going to be collected from retail and turning that into whatever, you know, Starbucks did to make them successful is my guess. I'm, I'm, I'm hypothesizing here, but I've seen some pretty big signal, signaling for that already. And you know what this means to me is that, you know, Starbucks, Starbucks is ubiquitous. Everybody knows what that green mermaid symbol means, no matter where you see it, has become an icon. And I want to say that why this is important to this conversation is that green in the Starbucks logo, it is so like integral to their logo and being recognizable just as much as green is recognizable to cannabis, the plant and to environmental uh, and, you know, the green purpose of the green generation company. But really it's not about their products. It's not about their strains. It's not about their cups of coffee. It's about how they turned a massive scalable retail model into a customization where the customer is making the product essentially. Every time you walk into a Starbucks, you know, you've got your names of your products, your venti, caramel, ice macchiato with, you know, my preferences with almond milk. But that's, a, you know, that's a customization that I made for myself and because of the assortment that they have in the store. But what Starbucks does really well is that they have thousands, literally 87,000 permutations and combinations of their beverages so that every individual person can make their own beverage perfectly every time within the Starbucks uh, model. It's uh, it is it's customization and uh, you know Dutchie is is interesting along with uh, Howard Schultz, uh, Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets uh, is also invested uh, with his uh, investment company. Uh, I think it's like thirty five uh, something or it has to do with his uh, his number anyway. So he's invested. Snoop Dogg is also invested in Dutchie. So they're a, a company that's attracting some big hitters and they're also attracting some big business minds like this. And, and you know, I know Spirit Leaf uh, when I uh, when I order ahead at Spirit Leaf, I do it through the, the Dutchie system. And it is it's really it's like 
easy to use. And, you know, I, I know that there are uh, sometimes uh, people uh, fear change and ordering online. These systems are really, really easy. And, and the Dutchie one is is one of the e- more easier ones that I found as far as getting used to it and finding your product. So uh, there's some big things coming with this, uh, this and which and it's different, right? Dutchie is not a sign outside of uh, of a store like the Starbucks. So it'll be interesting how uh, they use that business acumen to grow this. Yeah, and I think what they're really looking at is the data here and how to make that work within the stores, right? And make those store brands become who they really be the Starbucks or whatever they want to be um, by using the same kind of intelligence that Dutchie is is garnering from the industry and what Starbucks has learned from their couple decades being in retail. But the other thing I want to mention is, you know, cannabis is an individual experiment. You need to have a customized plan for yourself. And we're at the stages right now where people have no idea that that's a thing, right? They're still thinking that a high THC product is what you have to get when you go into the store. And the education around the plant has to come, you know, sort of ahead of the game. But this is why I think this is important to the green focus is that, just because just like um, Starbucks has made the ability to customize your own drink to your preferences and your, you know, your own, you know, eating plans or whatever, cannabis is like that for the individual as well. And you can tailor your preference to your favorite strains and also to the therapy that you need in the day. You know, maybe it's that high caffeine in the morning, but something a little bit more mellow with decaffeinated at the end of the night as a relation to coffee. Um, but people that can, that can make these kinds of, molds where the customer can come in and figure out what they need by speaking to the people in the store, they will become brand evangelists for that retailer. So whatever the store is, I believe that that brand is going to be the champion here, not necessarily the products within it. um, But it's that assortment of products within that retailer that can be customized to the individual person and being able to walk in and comfortably make those decisions or do it online and pick it up wherever is convenient. That's what I think the future of this, of this green generation looks like. And I, that's where I hope it's going. Um, And I look forward to retailers that are willing to embrace that, to build that community where that's welcoming, no matter where you are, who you are. And, you know, is build a, a moat around their business, just like Starbucks did uh, be around their green mermaid. No doubt. You can find out more information on how Malka can help you at greengencompany.com. Thanks as always, Malka. Have a great week. Thanks, Dean. You as well. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant. Salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. Uh, weed word of the day, one slang, one standard word, and uh, the uh, the word of uh, what I'm watching as I'm recording this is, is pounding, and that's the Tampa Bay Lightning are pounding the Dallas Stars. In the Stanley Cup final right now, 5-1. Stamkos is back. Kucherov is scoring. Uh, this Lightning team uh, is flexing its muth- muscle while healthy. So 5-1 after two as I record this. All right, as for the weed word of the day, uh, when it comes to our slang word, it's dank. Uh, you don't want to hear this if you're talking about your basement. <laughs> uh, it's uh, That's not a good thing. But if somebody uses it to describe your cannabis, 
that's a really good thing. It means good stuff for sure. So if somebody says that's dank, it's like, you know, that's skunky smell. Well, that's a good thing when it comes to cannabis. A lot of people might not like it, but uh, cannabis fans will be like, yeah, that's a nice skunky smell. So if somebody says that's some dank stuff or here's some dank stuff, that's, that's a good thing. Our standard term is bubbler. And uh, you, you may have heard this or uh, you may have seen one of these and, and not even known what they were, but it's kind of between a bong and a pipe. It's small enough to hold in your hand like a pipe, but it's able to add water uh, like a bong. And so it's the best of, of both worlds. Although my bong, I you know, the bong, the main bong I use is uh, my uh, hexason, hexagon from Burnt. I call it the Hexasaurus Rex. Um, that's uh, handheld easily. Now, I have another one that a buddy of mine calls the uh, the Stanley Cup. Uh, it's one of the free, it's for freeze pipe uh, bong. That one is a bit more of a tabletop bong. But I also have some bubblers as well uh, that work as in between. But, you know, I just usually use my bong. But that's what a bubbler is. If you're, if you're hearing that or if you're interested in getting one, it's kind of in between a bong and a pipe. So that's our uh, weed words of the day, and that's going to wrap things up here on episode 65 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. Of course, big thanks to Rob Frid, a former professional hockey player, and now with Grow Gear uh, and Athletes for Care, really doing some good stuff. And uh, we're going to try to help them a little bit more, get the word out, uh, talk to some of the people they're involved with. Uh, it's a really, really good program. So uh, growgear.co is where you can find that information. Obviously, David Wiley from This Week in Cannabis News. Chris Ionson from Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave. We did L.A. Kush Cake from Natural History Cannabis under Atlas Growers. And Melka LaBelle from Green Generation Co. on the business of cannabis. Our cannabis question, what do you use cannabis to treat? If you're comfortable talking about it, let us know. I'm a depression, anxiety, and PTS guy. Uh, and that's what I use uh, my cannabis for. And on What's Your Groove, uh, I'm going to get back to this dark helmet flower rosin from Fume in my Utilian 5. It is awesome. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe, leave us a review, let us know what you think of the show, and check out Podcast Alley, where I not only have this show, but a bunch of others from Sports and More, Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, and Fantasy Fun Time with myself and Jamie Thomas. Both of those two come out tomorrow. If you'd like to be a part of the show, if you think you'd make a good guest, hit me up. If you think you'd like to advertise on the show, hit me up. Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. As we go, this is the marijuana song from the artist My Dad Dog. Remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy.